Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome back once again, people of Earth, to the CHGO Sky Podcast, the most dangerous podcast on Rundell Place. I'm Chris Pennant. I'm here with the man, the myth, the, levi- the legend. Sorry, Le- Levin. This is not Passover. <laughs> Steven Gardner. <laughs> Fresh back from Las Vegas. He's not melted. He made it back oh, from the man. desert. Man. man. Uh, thank God for water. I'm going to just go ahead and <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> How many days were you there? I was there for four. That's too many. <laughs> man. Honestly, they all melted together, literally. So, I bet. So, Yeah. <laughs> As always, the CHGO Sky Show is presented by DraftKings. Use the code CHGO on your initial sign-up at DraftKings, the sports book, and get $20, $20, $20 in bonus bets before you even put your first wager in. We're post the All-Star break. Love, love the WNBA, an actual true All-Star break, 20 games down and 20 games to go. But you're the man of the hour, man. Um, I know that you've been planning for that trip for months in advance. All the things that you uh, were going to be able to do, the people you're going to be able to see, uh, the, the skills competition, the three-point competition, which we definitely got to talk about in the game itself. But what's the, what's the thing that just sticks in your mind? I mean, just, just you know what? Not even the question. Just go ahead, man. Like, what happened? <laughs> well, first of all, I was hot. <laughs> it's just goes to, that's gonna be the first thing that you always Firstly, remember, right? Secondly, it was hot. <laughs> just make sure we understand that. Um, put that aside, though. It was dope, though. Um, this is my first time going to Vegas, mm-hmm. so it was an experience in and of itself. You kept your pockets right. I did, yeah, I okay. did. Thankfully, um, but it was definitely. Did, a, did you get your pockets righter? Oh, I didn't get it righter. Oh, okay, but just checking. I fought temptation. Okay, yeah, that's, so the, that's the big. There, key. That's the that's the big thing. So, but no, nah, Vegas was nice, man. They had a they had a very um, condensed setup for everything that was going on pertaining to the W. Everything was in the same was in the central location. Mm. So every day you wouldn't have you wouldn't have to go to this side of Vegas or that side of Vegas. It was That's all good. in the Mandalay Bay Center, and they have a obviously as Vegas is constructed, tons of convention centers all over the place. So everything for the W was here, and. Uh, they fed us extremely well. Every media Let's event, go. they had great food, uh, whether it was in the arena or in different convention centers in Mandalay Bay. So, um, yeah, they, they they treated us extremely well. And um, as far as everything from the media side goes, everything was pretty organized, in my opinion. They had a lot of different opportunities for us to, like, mingle amongst each other, network, of course, more than anything. And then uh, when it came time for business in terms of speaking with players and coaches and whatnot, everything was, like, real concise. So, I mean, as far as everything pertaining to the work side of things, I think it was an A+. They did a great job with everything pertaining to that. So, 
That's awesome, man. I mean, I've, I've been to, I'm planning to go going to Vegas for the first time this year. So I, I imagine that all the convention centers are very heavy on the air conditioning. Oh my God. It should be illegal if you don't have AC out there, honestly. <laughs> it's like, I, I know that Chicago had a tough time last year. And the kind of thought was that Las Vegas, being the Aces, being who they are, the money that Mark Davis has put up, and the investment that they put into the franchise, which is for sure there. They have made it a point to invest in that franchise. But people were saying, you know, we're going to do the All-Star game, you know, on a regular basis out in Las Vegas. Bro, it's Las Vegas in July. <laughs> people can't do that every single year. They can. Health-wise or monetarily. <laughs> I saw I saw Mark Schindler post about the Vegas Vegas dry mouth, the Vegas throat. Yeah. You, did you have to deal with that? Dude, I, I, so anybody that knows me, I tell them I keep that thing on me. And that can mean a lot of things, but I'm talking about water. I always keep a water bottle on me. <laughs> y'all saw when I came in, y'all was asking if I needed water. Y'all saw it in my hand or in my bag. It's like, oh, he's good. So, yeah. Took that habit out there, and that definitely came in clutch a handful of times. Loki, you gotta hold that up because I thought you had the, uh, I thought you had V8 Splash. I oh, thought no, you brought it back. Is, this is some um, <laughs> some watermelon water from one of my coworkers. And then I got the water water on the other side. So got gotta stay water. hydrated. Gotta stay hydrated. <laughs> who was uh, who was the best person there, best in any vein that you got to talk to this weekend? That's a great question. Um, hmm. Honestly, I'm gonna say Kelsey Mitchell. Ooh. I got to speak with the first time All Star. She's been knocking on the door for a while. She kicked it down literally yes, this season. Yes, most definitely. Uh, and in the player availabilities after practice on Friday, uh, she gave some very insightful answers. Just speaking to not how um, she didn't say how blessed she was. She she reworded it and she said how gratifying it was to actually be there. And um, she was just really taking the moment in. Um, obviously, evaluating all of her. Um, deposits and efforts to get to this point. Obviously, she was an all-star last year, talent-wise, but she wasn't voted in. So she took it another step and kicked the door down this season. And, you know, she she did her thing. And she got to participate in the, was it the three-point contest as well, I believe? Or was it the oh, skills contest? No, no, because it had to be the three-point contest because they had right? the team, the team yep. thing for so the skills competition, point. yeah. For sure, for sure. And then, I mean, if it wasn't Kelsey, I would also say um, Jewel. I got to speak with Jewel. And uh, Jewel was insightful for her, just her journey taking upon the opportunity with a lot higher usage this season. Um, yeah. She's on pace to be to set the record for points in the season, points per game. Wow. And um, obviously she just got the MVP in the All-Star game. Uh, she was speaking to um, the gross of Eddie Magbegore as well and seeing how she stepped up in leadership and in um, taking more accountability as a defensive anchor, not having Brianna Stewart there with her. So, uh, so yeah, I would say those two, um, we had some nice QAs with. And also Cheyenne Parker. Diane Parker has a lot of personality. She's 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 dope. Man, I, I wish you I wish you could have been on this beat when Cheyenne was still on the sky. She was a fantastic post game interview. Mm-hmm. I you know I always hate to do the comparisons, but I remember John Greenberg saying how um how much he would miss Todd Gibson after Bulls games, and Cheyenne I felt the same way. Uh, she had a game a couple years back where I think she hit four threes, five threes, and she had been playing the post like she does now in Atlanta. And I asked her after the game, is that something you work on? She looked at James Wade kind of like, yeah, you know, it's like something like what got in my bag, you know? <laughs> and that's Cheyenne. That is exactly who she is. It's been that way from day one, and I don't see her ever changing. 
Yeah. Now, actually, it's funny you talking about threes because I talked to her about it, too. So, before the All-Star break, they played the Sky twice. Right. And they beat the Sky twice. Right. Um, that was a different side. I brought it up, and she had a little smirk on her face. That was the competitive <laughs> side coming out. And uh, I just asked her because I watched her during pregame, and she was getting up some attempts from deep. And I was asking her, is she attempting to stretch because she already – is a part of the evolution in terms of front court pieces, right. being able to do things with the ball and whatnot. And she said, yeah, she's like always trying to add to my game and working on her release and keeping it high as it is in the mid range, which is extremely good for her this season. So she's definitely trying to stretch it. And she got up a couple of attempts in the all-star game too. It makes sense. That's the way I, it's coming over it a little bit slower because I think with a smaller league, you can still orient a bit around the post game, depending on who your team is. There's teams that we've seen, like Seattle in their heyday, who were who could play four or five out and really succeed. And now Las Vegas, once Becky came in for the dude from Clarendon Hills that we don't talk about. Um, <laughs> Move Asia to the five. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Moved everybody out. And, you know, even Asia's getting some distance shots up every so often. Uh, but Cheyenne has been working on that for a minute. Kelsey Mitchell, for sure. Like, I saw the line. I only, I only caught a little bit of the game itself. And it's, and it's an all-star game. You always have to try and get people enough time. But I don't know. It's, it's, hard to, it's hard to say if she got underutilized or what. But you figured Kelsey Mitchell, an all-star game, two points. There's more room for her to shine. Mm-hmm. But it's also an all-star game. So I think it's cool what you were saying, that she, her, um, her mindset about being gratified, about just being there. It reminded me of what Ka said that last game before the break about just being able to take in the moment and, and understand how what it meant for her to be going to the All-Star game three straight seasons. Most definitely. And I think for Kelsey specifically, this is I can I would if I was a bet man, I would put a lot of money on Kelsey being back in the All-Star game. Um she has a lot of games. We we talk about it almost every time her name comes up over the highlights on the box score and whatnot. Um, and her game is really one that's going to be well ingratiated into an all-star type of atmosphere and environment, being such a, a dynamic guard, um, being able to knock down shots from all over the floor and an assortment of ways. So I'm looking forward to seeing her on that stage again in the future, and I think she'll be putting up more than two points moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Aside from the, the game itself, did you see the Sabrina Ionescu performance live? Whew. That was insane, man. I've seen a lot of shot making in my life. I've seen a lot of elite shot making. But that right there was one one of a kind. And the only issue with it all is that it was in the middle of the afternoon. And people were either at work or on their way from work. Yeah. You know. So it didn't get the stage that it deserved, especially Uh, for it being a historic performance that we may not ever see repeated again. Practice game or actual event like but Sabrina is special, man. I know she got a lot of she got a lot of negative attention because of the two K cover situation and everything. I have my own opinions on that, uh, and I agree with a lot of people in terms of it being potentially someone else and whatnot. But the fact that she did what she did, and that it got the Steph Curry cosign, which is you can separate the two. But when it comes to shooting, he's always going to come up in the conversation. Right. Um. To hit to see her get that cosign from him. And just to see how, how it reverbed across the entire basketball landscape, NBA and WNBA players and coaches uh, commenting on it on Twitter and whatnot. Like, she did what? And then they watched it, and they're like, oh, my goodness. Like, that was, that was unreal. The, the energy in the arena. And they got to a point where with her shot, 
you can see her shooting her like with her full follow through, following through as a true shooter would do. Mm-hmm. About halfway through, she just started flicking the wrist, like literally. She just started flicking the wrist, and the rotations were all there, and it was barely even touching the iron once it went through the net. Dog, once she hit that second rack, it was just water. It was crazy seeing <laughs> yes. that. It was absolutely crazy. It was mm-hmm. wild too because we've seen Allie Quigley all these years. Yes. And now that Courtney's on the Liberty, you see Courtney going wild just like she did with Allie. Not just, you know, not exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say that. Mm-hmm. If if I said that, Allie would be like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's not, you know, she's still going home with me. <laughs> but it was crazy. The just I had a jazz man teacher in college who told me that one time in a performance, he was doing a solo. And, you know, you, you, anything that you work on, you practice. You practice. There's still some times where it's a little off. You do everything right, and something just affects it. But there's times where you're just locked in. You're in the zone, like true players call it, and there's nothing that can really touch you. You just kind of distance from reality. And he said he was working on this solo in the performance, and once he started playing, he just saw every single note laid out in front of him like a map, like just like going down the street and here's exactly where he's going to play. Here was the rhythm. Here was the time, the tempo, all of that. He said it happened to him once and it never happened to him again. That's what that looked like. Like she got in and it wasn't like she was outside of reality. She was just on a different plane mm-hmm. than everybody else in that gym. Mm-hmm. And so I, I said, the Sabrina hate's got to be, you got to call off the Sabrina hate for at least a day because you have to respect what that performance was. Lawrence, you got a chance to see it too? Man, she's, she's unreal. Yeah. All I know is that like, I've always thought that women are better shooters. I, I used to play in a pickup game where uh, it, was, it was a bunch of us from the Big Ten Network. We all played every Thursday morning. And we had one... Uh, one of our coworkers was a woman who played at the University of Minnesota. And they put me on her because, you know, I'm like 5'10". First of all, they all ran screens for her, so she's just running off screens Uh, all day. And she's just working me. (laughs) Uh Working me all day from the three-point line. Uh Like, doesn't miss. And that's just how, like, women are just better shooters, I feel like. And, like, what Sabrina, I mean, my goodness. Mm -hmm. It was nuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I've watched it like 10 times now because it's just, it's just fun to watch her just dominate like that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I went back myself and watched some of the Allie performances because I was like, well, Allie had to do. And she was just consistent. Like she came through in the clutch when it mattered. Sabrina left her. She did. And yeah. Allie, Allie said so herself because Allie was actually in the building supporting Courtney. Of course, because Courtney was on the All-Star team right. and in the skills ch- um, challenge as well. With Sabrina, <laughs> and um, um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive Sabrina mentioned in the post uh, in the post presser that she's had conversations with Ali about just shooting, and of course through spending time with Courtney, there's been that connection and everything. So just to see her be, um, just get that type of attention, and to what you were mentioning for people that are into like psychology or spirituality or both, that's like a flow state. When you repetition doing the same thing over and over and over and over. So if you've mastered it, you put in a certain amount of hours with it. When you get in that moment and it's time to the rent is due on those on those um those deposits and you you do that, that's what that was. That was an out of not out of body, but that was like a spiritual type of experience for for Sabrina. Definitely a flow state. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, we should all be so lucky to get into that that mode once in our lives and you know it one, we got a question in from Mr. Bennett, you know, asking you, 
how did it feel to be firsthand around so much greatness talking about the all-star team? Those, those greats, those are the greats. This is what they do. Like as the game has gotten better from the time that the WNBA started to now. And there were some greats in that league talking about Cheryl swoops and Tina Thompson and Taj McWilliams, Franklin, and all these players, Lauren Jackson, Lisa Leslie will come before. So it should be that this is the best version of the WNBA that we've ever seen. And we got to see it firsthand, both in those competitions and in the game itself. Yeah. And I think I kind of to a point that Lawrence was making uh, with women being better shooters. And um, generally speaking, I'll take it even a step further than that. And this is a conversation I had with a few of the media members over the weekend that the women are more skilled generally than the men. And I don't think it's really that close. You see a lot more role definition on the NBA side, and that could be for an assortment of different issues, but if we're talking player for player, the players at the top are equally as skilled, if we're talking skill-wise, uh, including defense, because defense is a skill, as well. And then you look in the middle portion of the, the, the general WNBA, when you start getting into the quote-unquote role players, there's a lot more players that can do more on the court than just stand and shoot or um, work in the post or just run off of screens. Like, players are just generally more skilled. And my observations are watching, obviously, the men's side, but also the W. And I think that's an attribute to um, really just the evolution of the game. But I do feel like the women focus more on skills and less on athleticism. That way, when players like a Kalia Copper or a Jackie Young are super athletic, they're not just super athletic. They're super skilled as well. Both of them have added three-point shots. They can get to the basket better than anybody they can knock down mid-range jumpers. They play great defense. They can pass. They can dribble. Like, there's really no box that they're not checking off. No, for sure. I know you were talking with um, with Carly Bell after the game, uh, the last game of the, of the first half, I think, about, about that, just about where things fall in terms of how the game is played on the men's side and the women's side. And I know Carly asserted that there's more of that fundamental and skill, def- skill acquisition, skill refinement on the women's side of the game. And I think it comes across in little ways that are not easily seen on TV in terms of where you go around the screen, where you go off of a screen, when you're curling, when you're popping, when you're rolling to the basket. And it's it takes a lot of time to compare. And that's why I tell people to watch basketball and not just watch one or the other, Mm -hmm. because you gain a greater appreciation seeing different types of games. I'm not big on high school, but I know friends of mine who watch high school, and that's where you see players develop, and you see players who are learning the game, and so the coach has a little bit more control, and they're more apt to listen and put these things into practice so you see where somebody was a month ago versus where they are now. Mm-hmm. And if you watch WNBA versus NBA, if you watch Eurobasket on both sides, if you watch Philippines, Australia, Mexico, Puerto Rico, what have you, you're going to see these little differences bear out. Yep. And I think uh, even more specific, if you want to look at Sky fans, you could just look at the, the growth of Morgan Birch and Atlanta Smith over the course of this season. Both players came in with a specific role in mind. Obviously, injuries kind of teetered to that a little differently. And we've seen them step outside their box, and they're pre- producing and performing well past what the deemed expectations for those two players were. There's a little bit of uh, internal development in terms of their skills, but there's also just their general skill sets being – allowed to be seen a little bit more frequently with the minutes totals and things like that. So, uh, like, that's a more direct example for Sky fans to look at. That reminds me, you know what I always like? I love that the Sky do that half-court shooting competition in practice. Yeah. 
Because yeah. you never see Elizabeth Williams shoot like from the logo in in a game. Mm-hmm. But I think she's won at least twice this year. I was going to say, I think she's knocked down too, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> and still mm-hmm. have the same, you know, the same expression. Yep. Like, like, give me my money. Like, pay, yo, pay up. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> All right, man. All-star game thoughts next year. People were saying that Diana Taurasi is most likely going to be retiring after this season or after next season and that the league knows it, so they're going to put it in Phoenix. Uh, Minnesota's gotten a lot of uh, talk, too, because I think they haven't hosted an all-star game in a minute. Uh, but if you had a choice, if you were the commissioner, if you had the commissioner's ear, where would you say have the all-star game next year? Would you take it back in Vegas or move it somewhere else? Well, I I thought they would end up going back to another major media market. I didn't think they would go to New York. I obviously didn't think they were coming back here, mm-hmm. so I thought it was gonna be Los Angeles. If I was, again, okay. if I was a betting man, I figured they would have put it in Los Angeles. They got obviously Crypto Arena and everything that comes with Los Angeles. So you're not still <laughs> you know? calling it the Stable Center? You're not. You're not I mean, on? I'm trying to be politically correct, but it's just like the Sears Tower. It's the Sears Tower. Okay. Damn right, <laughs> always Sears. <laughs> but yeah, so if, uh, and I was actually speaking with uh, one of the reporters from Los Angeles, and he really did think that they were gonna choose LA. Just because of everything that comes with it, it's summertime, um, and I, I believe you actually asked uh, Kathy Engelbert about it when she had her um, availability with the media, and I can't remember. I think she may have said something about scheduling was an issue. It was definitely a thought, and they um, they considered it, but because of it being Los Angeles, concerts, shows, this that like everything, Vegas times ten in this, um, in terms of the business side of things. I don't think it worked in the schedule. And then they also are planning around um, the Olympics as well. Right. So they got like a lot of different things that they had to consider timing wise. I think they ultimately chose Phoenix. It might seem like it was because DT, but I think it may have been just uh, more convenience than anything else. They kind of helped with that. It's interesting. I know that the, with, with, it, the, with the league, with the scrutiny that the league gets, negative and positive, I think there's always just a, a – kind of people pushing towards conspiracy theories. So everybody's going to say Diana's retiring, they're going to put it in Phoenix. But you make a lot of good points. And Phoenix, that market has grown so much since we were young and the Suns were the Suns and even the Mercury were um, founded. There's at least a million, I think a million two in the area and then you add in all the little suburbs and exurbs around it. Phoenix is a gigantic place. It's just so spread out that you don't necessarily think of it like even Los Angeles or like Dallas. Yeah, the but valley is nuts. It's, I, there's so many people out there. I'm so, my parents retired down there, and okay. they're in Scottsdale, but they are in a corner of Scottsdale that makes literally everything is 40 minutes away at least. Hmm. And I used to cover spring training down there. I put 100 miles a day on my, my dad's car when I would – Go down like I'm not kidding. Like it was literally 100 miles a day to get to Maryvale or Goodyear or oh my god, uh, what's surprise? The, surprise! Oh, I hate surprise. The drive to surprise <laughs> was the worst. Oh my god. Anyways, yeah. There's a joke in there somewhere. Yeah. When's your When's your birthday, man? Uh, it was two days ago. Oh, see, uh, we missed it. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm old. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think um, especially looking at Phoenix as well. Chris, you know I cover the the Suns on the men's side exactly, of things. Exactly, yeah. The energy that Matt Ishbia is bringing in to that franchise as a whole, meaning with the Mercury as well as the Suns, is different. There's a different type of gravity and push behind all his efforts in terms of bringing more attention to Phoenix basketball in general. And they have 
recently built, not unlike the Aces uh, practice facility. It's uh, state of the art. It's got all types of bells and whistles, and it'll, it'll comfortably accommodate everything uh, W related for All Star Weekend. Speaking to the players, and then of course on the media side as well. Um, so just kind of looking at it from that perspective, I didn't get a chance to see uh, the Aces practice facility, which if I had a regret from this past weekend, that would be it. But um, I think that may have also had a little bit of um, say-so in everything because you want to, more than anything, be able to comfortably accommodate the players. It's supposed to be a quote-unquote break, so having all of these different um, efforts and newness with uh, equipment and accessibility and whatnot I think was important for the league as well. That ownership is something that we're going to be talking about given the news that just broke last week. But for right now, we're going to talk to you about it's the summertime. The weather is hot, as my man can attest to, and that's why you need your sunglasses, and that's why you get your sunglasses from Shady Rays. They have one of the best selections of sunnies out there on the market for all our Australian fans. I call them sunnies. And they have a policy that if you break them, even if you break them as soon as you get them out of the box, they will send you a pair back for free, free of charge. If you're like me, and you have a history of breaking glasses in odd ways. If you honestly, goggles are expensive, so you're gonna wear your sunglasses when you're hooping, when you're at the beach, and some mishap will befall you. So that Shady Rays policy, where they just replace your glasses free of charge, absolutely fantastic. And if you get your pair of Shady Rays now, you will give you another pair for two pairs for fifty percent off if you use that code CHGO. You can try it for yourself. The shades are rated five stars by over 250,000 people. And once again, use that code CHGO. You get 50% off your first two pairs of Shady Rays polarized sunglasses. Shady Rays, the best sunglasses out there on earth, sponsored by yours truly, Chris and Steven. We're getting back to game time soon, man. The, the Sky are going to be playing at the end of this week. They're on the road for those first two. So if you're out in Phoenix or if you're out in Seattle and you want to see a Sky game, the best place to go is game time. We've talked about it before and we're going to say it again. The absolute best place for any last minute ticket deals. I've used them myself for Sky games when I didn't get those press credentials on time and I wanted to get to the game anyway because I'm a broke boy. And that's why I needed to use game time. You can use the code CHGO for $20 off anytime you sign up for game time. Last minute deals, flash sales, Hardest tickets that you might be able to find. Um, the, the Taylor Swift concert already went through, but um, I'm sure that there's another Taylor Swift concert that some of it, some of oh, our whoa, fans out there is going to want to go. It's Renaissance Week here in Chicago. <laughs> Queen oh, B. you're right. Come you're on, right. man. I messed up. I messed up. Don't get that beehive coming. Show fealty to the queen. I apologize. I can't help you with that one. I sincerely apologize. (laughs) I I noticed you were quiet. I just wanted to make sure it was nice. I I had nothing to do with that. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell how many concerts I go to on a regular basis. Well, again, use that code CHGO when you sign up for the Game Time app for $20 off. Terms apply. But download Game Time today. Last minute tickets at the lowest price. Absolutely guaranteed. Yeah, I've never gone to see a concert at Soldier Field. Um, it's, I, uh, I don't know if I would. Well, I mean, you know, look at that. 188 bucks to see the uh, Queen Bee. That's actually not bad. Pretty good looking seat in there. Yeah, they show you the seats. You know, it's pretty mm-hmm. pretty dope. No, that's the thing about that's the thing I love about the app. Honestly, the seat views because there's still places out there that you might get the obstructive view seating that would be like that little mm-hmm. clip from I don't um, know if you know Sarah Spain the really? other day she went to a Cubs game and was uh-huh. like yelling she was at the pillar? or something uh-huh. and she's like you photoshopped out in like their app <laughs> she, they photoed out 
photoshopped out the pillar. That's crazy. That's wild. Couldn't see the home plate. And they did Sarah. They did that to Sarah. That's that's the wrong person. Mm -mm. You're gonna get the goon squad on you. No, um, it always reminds me of that scene from Everybody Hates Chris where um, Julius was getting the tickets from Risky and they're at Madison oh, Square Garden. He's always behind the pillar. Uh-huh. He's like, Tina Turner, did she throw the wig yet? Like, <laughs> <laughs> ownership, man. New ownership is upon us. Um, I thought that the biggest news that we were going to get for the sky would be the ownership um, additions that they made in the spring, uh, bringing in um, Mary Watson, Nadia Rawlinson. Mm -hmm. And then what people have been asking for, thinking about calling for for months actually did happen. And Dwayne Wade is now involved in the ownership of the Chicago Sky. Uh, Wade was out in Las Vegas, as you can see, with Kalia Copper wearing... Be specific about which Wade. These are important times to be specific about which Wade... You You're right. No, Dwayne, <laughs> Dwayne Wade. Uh, there was a funny story. My um, my partner doesn't know basketball as much, so I was writing something up, and she's like, "Well, they misspelled Wade." I was like, "No, that's how you spell it." She's like, "What?" <laughs> she couldn't believe it. <laughs> Dwayne Wade, wearing the sharpest summer sweater I've ever seen, was out in Las Vegas, and he posed for this photo with Kalia Copper. And I'm gonna let you tell it because this changes a lot of things for the Chicago Sky, man. It does. Um, for people that might not know, of course, Dwayne Wade is from here. So there's a different type of gravity that you bring. We saw with Candace Parker, what a hometown player does to a franchise that they're from the same city of. Um, add to that, it being Dwayne Wade, um, one of the best NBA players of all time. Uh, in my opinion, the third best shooting guard of all time. And I'll debate that with anybody. He's actually one of my, one of my two favorite players of all time. So it's a little different for me. When I put the um, when I put the media hat down and I just look at it as a fan, it makes you it just the energy is just different. It's just different, and I think the fact that it's it's the way he went about his career and the the type of um, the type of athlete that he was, being of course standing up for things outside of the basketball court, and then being one of the all time greats as an athlete, um, that is really going to help bring some different type of energy to this team, especially with the loss of James Wade. And I think it's also going to help with recruitment of players, which is important because you have to have an owner, of course, obviously has money. That's, an, that's the most important part to help expedite the process with the practice facility and just evolving everything around the Chicago sky. But in addition to that, having that gravity to bring more free agents in and um, more elite level or above average level talents for Kalia Copper to continue her career with. And that being a segue to specifically with Kai, bring her back. I don't know if you do, if she comes back as quickly as she may now without D-Wade in the picture. I think that's a, a sign to her from the front office that, hey, we're working through things. We're trying to get to this next step with the franchise. And I think that's speaking directly to her. And I mean, you can see how quickly she gravitated to Dwayne um, in the All-Star game alone. All the pictures they took, every time she scored a basket, I made sure to mention on Twitter that they had their little interactions with him sitting courtside, um, handshakes. Um, she gets a basket, D-Way's throwing up the, the three sign with her. Like, you know, all the little stuff like that, to, it, just, it just changes. Like, that little stuff adds up over the course of a season. Kalia Copper's North Philly all the way. For sure. Like, that's not, that's not under any question. 
Um, I remember in the bubble, somebody asked her where you get the, oh, it was Eric Wilson asked her where you get the best uh, cheesesteak in the city. And she said, D'Alessandro's. Without hesitation, no preamble, no no window dressing. She I mean, was shout like, out to Jim Steaks as well, but Delisandros, I've heard is also. What, what do we? Kyle's gonna come up. She's gonna roast you now, man. Sorry, Kyle. I mean, Kyle, come on the show. Honestly, if, I I I was told to go to both Jim's and Delisandros. I chose Jim's, and I would like to go back to Philly and try Delisandros. I feel that too. Yeah. Because um, I've had one cheesesteak and it Damn, was I want a cheesesteak now. I was, I was like, I can't go to Subway for no. it again. <laughs> But you get the sense that she has that vibe that resonates with this city, especially so much of the fan base that resonates with Kalia Copper, not just because she's a good player, but because of how she plays, how she carries herself. It's like she, she contains multitudes. And bringing Dwayne Wade in here from Robbins, Illinois, mm-hmm. to connect with that person from North Philadelphia not only means a lot to her, but I, you're right. It means a lot to this franchise that's now, they, they'd have to cater to their face of the franchise. They absolutely have to do that. Yep. And I think, I don't know if I spoke with you about this specifically, but I've spoken to a handful of people, um, especially my friends that aren't as familiar with the W side. So I think the best way to kind of, entice them is to use a player type from the men's side. That way they kind of have a gauge as to what they're going to be looking for or what type of player they're going to be seeing. Get you on that. So with Kalia, I've always said that she reminds me more than anybody of Dwayne Wade. The way she goes about playing basketball. The first step, she's an assassin off the baseline. She has an assortment of acrobatic finishes around the basket. She's as quick as anybody. She plays excellent defense. Like That competitive nature of her um, I, I think there's some kindred spirit um, type of connection between the two. I think they see the dog in each other. Yeah. <laughs> which we always allude to. You can tell. So, and I think that is the foundation of the relationship. And then obviously her, the respect he has for her and vice versa, the respect she has for him is what really is going to help to make this relationship a long-lasting one and one that's going to optimize her time in Chicago and optimize Chicago's time with her as well. And that's, that's important. They, after the offseason, and Dylan Burroughs, thanks for tuning in with us. Excited of how involved Dwayne Wade said he's going to be huge W. Completely agree. I want to get an idea of how you think he's going to be, you know, how much you think he's going to be involved. Because it's somebody that knows players, knows player personnel, who is not just somebody who is showing up to games um, to kind of get on, on television. Dwayne Wade's involved. But how much do you think he's going to be involved in terms of franchise day-to-day operations because there's so it's a wide-ranging ownership group Michael Alter's still at the top along with Nadia Rawlinson who's made it clear that I think from a business standpoint it seems like she's the tip of the spear there so what's Dwayne Wade going to be really doing well I guess that still kind of remains to be seen especially as the news is so fresh I think it came out was it Friday if I'm not mistaken yeah. Friday morning like yeah so yeah. That that part of his role is still kind of a gray area, but I will say that from his time with the Utah Jazz, I could tell he was extremely involved in like a lot of the, the nuances and even past the nuances, having that level of understanding of salary cap and how contracts go and those um like the little things with the CBA and all of these different intricacies that go into making personnel decisions for a franchise. I think him having that experience from the men's side with the Jazz and being able to apply that in real time with the Chicago Sky is going to definitely help because 
not only is he bringing that, but he's also bringing a different type of basketball IQ, which is, I think, especially when we're looking at front offices, sometimes we think about people with money. Sometimes we think about the people with a business background. All of that stuff is cute, but it pales in comparison to having an actual basketball IQ in terms of building a roster and building a franchise that's going to not just ingratiate players, but fans and um, creating that type of atmosphere. And I think that's going to be where he's going to really kind of help nail the margins with this guy. And on top of that, him he has a gravity about him, especially here in Chicago. So when he's showing up to games, showing up to practice, showing up to all these type of events and whatnot, I think that's going to all just really make this just unique. We talked about a lot of newness coming into this season. I think this is probably the biggest spade that could have been thrown down by the franchise and a hometown kid after Candace Parker left. Um, within months of that, you add a new one in and a different role in ownership, and I think it's going to be big time. Yeah, we talked about that, like having to go in a new direction, really kind of planting your flag. Um, you win the championship, and now the eyes are on you, and now you've got to really make it stick, and this is a way to do it, not just with um, the implications it could have for retaining free agents, but like you said, kind of creating that and, and increasing that footprint that the team has in the city. Speaking of free agents, there was another name you brought up, and since we don't work for a team, can't call us tampering, uh, Jewel Lloyd was somebody that was on your mind. Is, Let's is go. Dwayne Wade, she could bring in uh, the Lincolnwood product. Yes. And, you know, Gwen is, her mom Gwen is still here. Always. Gwen still shows up to games. She's she always lovely. out here. She Yo, lovely. She really is. Yes. And not just as, like, a personality, but... I love sports parents. I love sports parents. Don Williams, Gwen Lloyd, all of that. Um, even um, somebody, uh, there, was a, there was a story about Sabrina that somebody ended up in her dad's cab when he was driving. <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, my daughter plays basketball. And he was just showing her pictures mm -hmm. of whatnot that he had in the, like, mm -hmm. the visor of his cab. Courtney Williams and her pops during the conference finals last season. He's here at Wintrust wilding out for his daughter as she was getting – Crunch time buckets, big time mm -hmm. buckets, shaking up with her. <laughs> I already know, like, uh, Sky fans have talked to him a couple times this year, yeah. and they're like, yeah, he's, he's a gem. Mm -hmm. But Jewel, the mm -hmm. possibility of Jewel coming to Chicago, to the Sky, coming back home, um, it's not the same as Candace Parker because she hasn't had enough time to create that legacy. But and plus, Candace has been a go since, like, high school. True. <laughs> so you can't compare it. That's not fair. That's no, I, was, I wasn't even <laughs> no, trying to sure. do that. I get you. I get you. <laughs> but Jewel coming in, um, I want to ask this first, because there is a surplus of shooting guards and, and slashers on the team. Would it work? So I think the fact that there are some short-term contracts in there and things like that, uh, I think there's – I mean, I – at this point, we can't ever say anything is completely out of question with the way, with how quickly things move in the basketball space these days, like, you know? And I think um, just seeing how things have played out in Seattle, uh, obviously Jewel is never, so this is not me doing any type of reporting or anything, but, you know, they're not in the best state in terms of having a, a roster facilitated around her for her to compete with, you know, the, the top dogs in the W. So who's to say that she might not want to potentially leave when her opportunity comes. Uh, no different than um, Brianna Stewart did last season, after last season, you know? Uh, so it would be dope if Jewel was to come was to come back home. Um, this is something we spoke about last season um, at the end of it all. And um, I just think it would be awesome. Uh, she definitely fits uh, um, as far as a player that could fit next to Kalia Copper and vice versa. They both played with multiple stars on the team before. 
they're both now operating as the star on their respective teams. Um, they have obviously uh, reps together on Team USA and things like that. That's true. And at, at all the camps and things like that. So I think I think it would be dope if if, if Jewel was to come back home. I love it too. I love her game. I've loved her game since I first saw her play. That was after mm-hmm. high school, but I've I've loved watching Jewel Lloyd play. And she's just the consummate, uh, what our man Kyle Means would call a bucket getter. Capital B. Yeah, with, without question. It's, when, when, like when you say having her next to Kalia Copper, like what does that look like just in terms of how you break it down? Well, for one, they can both, they can both do things with the ball, but I think it's the fact that they can both do things without it that okay. really makes that a natural parent. Just imagine Kyle is working in isolation on one side of the, of the, of the floor and then you got Jewel on the opposite side of Jewel's one pass away. That one pass away defender is not helping because if you do, guess what? That's Jewel Lloyd, and guess what she's going to do? She's going to score. So if Kalia Copper is enabled, it's not unlike we see the, with the dynamic, which we'll speak to later with Marina Mabry, another Notre Dame guard, um, the spacing dynamic. There's decisions that you're making defenders have to make at a split second, and if you choose this, they're going to do that. If you choose that, they're going to choose this. And it's just this cat and mouse over the course of a game that consistently compromises the defense that Jewel, in an even more elite level type of scoring opportunity and ability, just makes it just makes the all of the world of a difference for a team. And she's just a special mercurial type of scorer. Like you talk about the um, the top level scorers. You can't mention any of those names, whether it be Arike or... Um, this her and Jewel at this point, as far as the, as far as being the two best scorers in the W, but you can't mention any guard or any scorer without mentioning Jewel. I was saying before the season, like it's a long shot, but what she was going to have to do to make that Seattle team relevant mm-hmm. was going to get her MVP votes, and it'll be a long shot still mm-hmm. because Alyssa Thomas is creating a campaign that can't be ignored. Man, dude, she is really special. can't be ignored. And I do not, I have never been a Connecticut Sun fan since I started covering <laughs> this beat. So if you, if you hear me saying Alyssa Thomas should be an MVP candidate, it's true. It's damn true. Shout out, out to respect. Kurt Angle. It's out of respect. <laughs> <laughs> but like what Jewel is doing, yep. I mean, all the scores that we've had in this league and she could, she could break the league record for points per game. And, and she's doing it with, just these absurd displays of shot making, especially from deep. She has she's hit five from deep in how many games? I think that's also a record this season. She's no, done she it did. multiple times within twenty games. We're just halfway through, and we're talking about her doing all of this. Like she is unbelievable, and she's also not the tallest player either. No, she's not like a dominant athlete or like a dominant stature type player. She's just relatively quote unquote average size for a WNBA player, especially at the guard position. For her to be so dominant and attract so much attention, she's literally the focal point of all scout reports. And that is not mattered at all. Like, <laughs> she's seeing the best player defensive wide, de- defensively from another team, as well as the scout report being all entrenched around her. And she's still just special, man, special. That's the craziest thing. On a Seattle team that's rebuilding, even if they do have Kia Nurse mm-hmm. and Ezzy Magbagore, Shout out Gabby Williams coming back. Yes, that's gonna sir. Be, that's going to be big time for them. Wednesday Adams, old lady Wednesday Adams is back in the, <laughs> is back in the country, man. I love it. Uh, but everybody's focused on Jewel. You it's like the scouting report says limit her touches, and yes, she yet and still she's putting up thirty points. When Liz Cambage had that fifty point game a few years back, mm-hmm. it was almost expected because she had shown that she could be that type of dominant athlete where you just get the ball into her and she's going to score no one way or another. You could throw doubles and triples at Jewel, 
she's still putting up points. Yeah. That's the amazing thing. And she was not that good of a three-point shooter per- previously in her career. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's what she's speaking to in terms of just zooming in more on her game. She said she came, she came into this season um, in better shape than she ever had. She just kind of, in terms of the usage, I think I asked her specifically about her usage mm-hmm. and how she prepared for it. And she said, I really just focused on just being in the best shape of my life and being at the best uh, level skill-wise of her, of her life. And, I mean, we're seeing that now. I'm gonna go ahead and go out on a limb and say she's gonna she's gonna knock down a 50 point game this season before it's before it's over. The space that she's in as a score right now, to where the defense, it doesn't matter what scheme it is, it doesn't matter what matchup she has, it's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And it's actually funny, uh, Stephanie White, who is coaching her team uh, in the in the uh, All Star game pregame, someone asked her about who she thought might get MVP, and uh, she was like, I don't know, I don't really have anybody in mind, but with Joel Lloyd over her left shoulder, I believe. She just kind of looked over and she said, I'll leave it to the best players to kind of decide that. Wow. And then Jewel had this look, this kind of sheepish grin. And then to see what happened like an hour and a half, two hours later. <laughs> I like Stephanie White as a coach. She's man. Dope. That was a great hire by Connecticut. Um, hopefully Jewel does not get those uh, one of those 50-point games in the next five because the Sky start their schedule on Thursday at Phoenix, then Saturday night at Seattle mm-hmm. before coming home to face Las Vegas, and then Seattle, and then Phoenix. First five games of the slate, and the Sky have a chance, a good chance to win four of those five, and that would put them to uh, one under 500, which is the best record that they would have had since June 6th. How important is it for them to win four of those five games? I'm going to say five. Go get them all. Go Las get Vegas them all. too? You, Las you Vegas gotta, at home? You got you to make it happen. You got to start turning the tires on your season. And there's no better time to optimize coming out of the break, being fresh, having your new head coach, and uh, having him be allowed extra time to put in the different sets and actions and um, tweaks to everything that James had established and making it more his flavor of things. I think that's been important. And it's going to be – they're going to have to really nail these – this first – I would say this first seven to ten games. They got to be above 500 in that to get themselves back to 500 record-wise and potentially even expand upon that uh, because it's go time now. It's the home stretch. They don't, have, they don't have too many tomorrows left. I think this team has the skill that they that they need to make noise, and they just have to just kind of put the puzzle pieces together at this point. And I think I think they will. Putting the puzzle pieces together is important because Emery has talked about those tweaks, those like the adjustments from going from one system to the system that he's trying to put in place. And he's pretty much been doing it, had to do it on the run. Yep. And those first two wins against the Sparks, not they weren't um, fool's gold. It wasn't a mirage, but I think it was something that you had the growing pains of having to play Indiana, play Atlanta twice, and then play Connecticut before the break. So it, with these games against Phoenix, who we've seen is not is not really found a direction yet. Seattle that's rebuilding, and even um, teams that are in that middle tier where the sky are like two. They've got Dallas twice at um, in Dallas, and then Minnesota, who's kind of now starting to find their footing. I don't know if Collier. Good lord, we got we <laughs> every, insane, every year we got to bring up Minnesota, man. He's insane. <laughs> they keep coming back. Yep. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna harp on that. We'll speak about them when that time comes. For sure. <laughs> but you say you got to win. I know you got to win as many games as you can. You're trying mm-hmm. to find seating. But let's be realistic. How feasible is it for the sky to win even at home against Vegas, even if it's Notre Dame night? Honestly, I th- I think they can compete with anybody. It's the finishing of games. Those fourth quarters. 
where it's time to execute. And I think that's where there's a little bit, I won't say it's chemistry. I think it's more so just feel for each other, which is there's a difference between the two. I think just kind of having that feel and kind of facilitating through whoever the proverbial hot hand is at the time. I think there's just a little bit of a disconnect there. Um, and it, it's kind of exacerbated more. They were finding it with James, but it's a little bit more exacerbated when you got a different coach on the sideline because now Emory has his sets and his little things that he likes for them to nail consistently on offense. And I think now it's been, what, two, almost three weeks now that Emory's been on the sideline? Yeah. I think now we're going to start seeing them start to turn corners with their process offensively, um, especially as he's established what he expects from them that are their non-negotiables, which is not turning the ball over. The live ball turnovers have been their biggest enemy, and it was even their biggest enemy last season under James with Candace and Emma and uh, Sloot and Allie in, in, in tow and Azaree as well. So them fighting that demon, getting that monkey off their back and just doing a better job of eliminating the live ball turnovers. That way they keep their defense set and they keep opponents out of transition opportunities and out of those opportunities to score off of turnovers. I think that's going to be the most important thing to gauge for them if you want to look at a specific stat, because I think everything else will fall in, the line from, in alignment from there. Because if they're taking care of the ball, that means they're probably putting up points with the type of scores they have. And, that's, again, keeping their defense set. Uh, their defense kind of fell off over the last couple of weeks, but it's been largely because of the turnovers more than, more than it is them getting scored on or hammered in the half court. It's funny, I was saying that the Sky always forced a 24-second violation at least once a game, and I think they had two against Connecticut. Um, even after they went to... Um, uh, Dejanet Carrington in the mm-hmm. lineup um, over over Natisha Heideman and switched in um, Tip Hayes and Tyasha Harris over Beck Allen. And I thought that their defense was doing well until that third and fourth quarter where, like you said, once you get runouts, you can't really get your defense back to set up. Uh, is it just a case of talking about the fourth quarters? Because with the old Sky teams, it was almost like people wanted to be as unselfish as possible and t- even in those moments where somebody had to put the shot up, this year it's kind of that uncertainty it looks like of who's going to make the move, who's going to take the shot, how are we going to get into ourselves into a quality shot. So is it as simple as we're trying to run plays for a specific person once we get to the fourth quarter getting used to that, whether it's Kyle, whether it's Courtney, whether it's Marina, or something different that the team can and, and should try to work out over these next couple games? Because I think you have some opportunities still in games mm-hmm. To work on some things, I feel like it's a little bit of a, a little bit of role definition. I felt like earlier in the season, Marina was playing a little bit more point guard, and after like maybe five or seven games, that transitioned to Courtney, mm-hmm. and it's definitely been Courtney since then. She's been one of the best point guards in the W. Uh, once the sky flipped that switch to where she's initiating offense more consistently, um, but I also think it's to their favor that they have multiple initiators because that, that leaves your offense a little ambiguous to a defense. Now, if you got Marina initiating all the time, and now all of a sudden she's coming off of screens or she's flying off in the secondary actions, that makes your attack look different. Um, so I think that's to their favor, but I think having more of that definition of roles being more stamped under Emre and his system, and I keep emphasizing in Emre's system because it's, it's a different type of spacing. It's a different type of uh, flow of actions in their process. Uh, it's going to be important for them to kind of just nail those little things, and I think they will. I also think they're going to need to get more from the bench as well. I think that's something else that's been missing from this team. And obviously that's a byproduct of the injuries that they've had because if Izzy's here, if Rebecca Gardner's here, things are going to look a lot different because now you're getting Atlanta Smith's production and Morgan Birch's production off off the the bench, bench. which makes a, that makes a world of a difference. That makes this team look a lot different. 
By the way, hopefully Izzy's able to come back. Uh, she sold out on the orange carpet. Um, and just generally over All-Star Weekend, it was dope to see her walking around, kind of being liberated, not having a brace on, not being on crutches or anything like that. Um, so hopefully she's able to make a comeback before the end of the season. I know it's kind of been, quote-unquote, forgotten just because she hasn't played since, was it the first preseason game? Uh, I think she had the first, either first, the first or the first two. Or the first two, yeah. So it's been a while for her. And then same thing for Rebecca. Um, for the shout-out to the Sky fans out there that pay attention to the little things with the with the uh, the team's page, Rebecca was off of the scooter in the last game. Right. Going into the break, she was in the boot. So, you know, little things potentially coming back like that will help stabilize everything. But I also think it's going to be a big second half for Dana Evans. Because even independent of those three players that we just spoke on, mm-hmm. or those two players, rather, I think if Dana finds her rhythm as a scorer, and not just, like, when people think of Dana, they think of her ability to shoot from deep. I think it's her driving. Her driving has a different type of dynamic to this team because she can get a paint touch regardless of who's guarding her, and that allows for everybody else to play off of an advantage created by her. Marina's optimized most as a shooter, so if Dana's on the court with her, she's able to play off of somebody giving extra help to the person that's, of course, getting beat from Dana. Same thing with Courtney Williams. She's able to space and knock down uh, catch and shoots. She's one of the best, most effective, and efficient catch and shoot players in the W this season. And by that same token, Kalia Copper is having a career best season from deep. I spoke to her about that right before the All-Star break. And a lot of that is just coming from the ways that she's able to operate now. She doesn't have to do as much with the ball. She can kind of play off the catch, which is where she's arguably most optimized. Because when you have to close out to her, if you close out short, she's knocking down that shot above 40% on more than three attempts this season. And if you close out long, guess what? Bye-bye. <laughs> like down the baseline. Exactly. It's like, yeah. Exactly. So I think them just finding those roles – and figuring out what skill in their entire dynamic arsenal is most optimized with the team and just consistently nailing it. And I think for Dana specifically, it's going to be those paint touches and those drives. And we've seen that set up. Like Dana comes in at the late end of games with Courtney on the floor, with Khalil on the floor, with, with Marina on the floor. And they went to that small ball lineup against Connecticut with those three plus Dana and Elizabeth. Right. And mm-hmm. they got some success like – Connecticut built that late lead and pretty much put the game out of reach. But the Sky got it back to within nine with about a minute 45 on the bench. And I talked about Stephanie White. Love her as a coach. Yep. She was looking not just frustrated. She was looking a little worried. Like, you know, we the game, we put this game out and then they brought it back. Like, they had a chance to get back. I think the thing with Dana is that we've seen her have tough starts to a game in terms of shooting when she comes in in the first quarter or the second quarter. And then it doesn't really pick up until late. And it hasn't been as sustained. So, you, I want to have. I want Dana Evans to have a good second half. What do you see where it's coming from? Where she's going to have to? Where she's going to get those numbers up to where we expect? I think it's the drives, man. I think last time I spoke to her it was a handful of games ago, but she was talking about um, finding more of a balance between the shooting and the driving, and she she kind of hinted that she she noticed her drives have a different type of impact because it. Sucks in the defense is like a vacuum. Everybody sinks, the floor shrinks to that, take that away the driving lanes from her. About. Exactly. And when you do that and you're consistently beating your matchup, somebody has to step over. If it's Marina next to her and one pass away, her help might not step over, but the next person is. So that might be Elizabeth Williams' help who's coming from under the basket in a dunker spot. Or it might be Kalia Copper who's in the corner on that side. Like There's these little, these little synergies around the team where for Dana specifically – I think her drive and then her drive and kick, but also her drive and finish for herself. Those three phases of her game, I think are going to be extremely, extremely important for her 
in terms of her process. And I think if she starts getting those paint touches and she gets her game herself into the floor of the game a little differently like that, now when she respaces after a Kalia drive, after she drives and gets a paint touch, she's gonna be wide open. And I think kind of having those opportunities with her feet set to be able to get in the catch and shoot is going to definitely benefit her. I think she's in for a big season. But even past that, the thing that she's brought most consistently is the defense. Defense. And the fact that she stabilizes so much on the court when she's at the point of attack picking up 90 feet, 94 feet, it's just different. So her nailing her margins individually, I think it's going to be a big direction kind of tilter for the team this season or in the second half of the regular season. All right. Be frank with me. I want to go over the, these first seven games going to August 6th. Actually, the first uh, going to August uh, 8th. And I'm going to just call out the game. You let me know if it's a win or a loss. Thursday against Phoenix. Dub. Saturday against Seattle. Dub. Back home next Tuesday against Las Vegas. Ah, that one's you so gotta be, tough. You got to be real about it, man. I'm going to say L for that one. Um, it's, it's Notre Dame night that night, so is it going to be Jackie and Marina leading the scoring both sides, or is you know somebody else going to step up? And the way Vegas has been playing, I think that's going to that's going to be it right there. Jackie's been killing it. <laughs> uh, then they got Friday against Seattle at home. Dub, and then Sunday afternoon, I believe, against Phoenix on the thirtieth. That's the last game in July. Mm-hmm. That's a dub. All right, then they got the home and home doubleheader Friday, August 4th against Dallas, and then Sunday, August 6th against Dallas. Is that a split? I or? think that's a split. Which, those, those big those big lineups for, for Dallas are they're, they're tough to match up with. And Tierra McCowan's been mm-hmm. back and been healthy. Mm-hmm. And Satu, my Lord. That's another one, by the way, yes. that you mentioned. You asked uh, me about uh, good interviews. Satu, she's dope. I think she's we talked – did man. we talk about that in the we beginning did. of the year? Yeah. Just like all the things that Satu has great perspective on mm-hmm. – um, we don't talk about it a lot because when the season starts, we're kind of buried in it. But mm-hmm. Satu's been vocal about those anti-abortion laws in Texas since they came down. Yep. And I was speaking of gratification. I was so gratified to hear somebody speak up on that because a lot of times in sports, people feel like uh, athletes have to, you know, there, there's a certain incentive to protect their own interest. Mm-hmm. And Satu was like, yo, this is trash pretty much. Like mm-hmm. we've seen – we haven't seen something like this in, in Europe where I grew up, but I've seen it in this country and out of it has to stop. And she's having a good fucking season. Sorry. Yeah, she's insane, dog. She's insane. <laughs> so she's going to be a handful to, as well as um, obviously Tierra. And then you got Arike. Yep. You know, that's a lot. They got a lot to. They had a lot to match up with with that team. And that's the team that even going back to last season kind of gave this guy some issues. So I think they'll, go, I think they'll split between those two. And then that last one of that slate, uh, Tuesday, August 8th, back at home against Minnesota. And the space that Minnesota's been operating in, it's, that's going to be a, a tough game. And they're going to want some get back after that, that second quarter they had to open the season against this guy. You better believe it. You better believe it. You <laughs> better believe it. So that's going to that's gonna be a scratch and claw game. Diamond Miller's been amazing this season as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Her drives, I was talking about Dana's drives and the impact she has on the sky. It's the same thing for Diamond. Diamond just goes to it a little bit more frequently. For now, than Dana does. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be a good game. I think this guy would take that one though. It's funny um, thinking about where Dallas was at the beginning of the season, um, finally freeing Alicia Gray from you know this little limbo that she'd been in. Did you expect Dallas and Alicia to look as good as they have? Did you expect that to benefit both sides as well as it has? I did. I did. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I I thought Dallas would be a better would be a good team. I didn't think that they would succeed at this rate. Yeah, and I I think just knowing how good Satu was 
and then see her to see her have the stint in health that's kept her on the floor, that really tilts the scale for them because she's the piece that really unlocks those three big lineups because she's versatile enough to play the three right. or the four or the five. Then you add Natasha Howard, who's having an incredible season on top of that. It was, I mean, borderline all-star worthy, the impact and effect that she's had on the Dallas Wings. Um, I think just that collection that they have down there and how it's being used more than anything with Trammell there, I think it's there. she's optimizing all of those pieces, and she's really dictating with those uh, front court pieces that she has and the versatility that they bring. And I think when you, if you get that team down the stretch, it's going to be tough to match up with them scheme-wise and personnel-wise. And then in the playoffs, it's going to definitely be a wild card to kind of keep an eye out for. I mean, the Aces had trouble with them uh, going into the going into the All-Star break as well. So, I mean, what is it? Those two losses they've had on yeah. the season are against teams with quality bigs. Correct. Connecticut and then Dallas. Correct. I don't, I don't know if, you know, if that's where it's really incumbent to get a player like Isabel Harrison back if you can yes, for yes, the sky. Yes, um, But especially Rebecca Gardner, too, because mm-hmm. just the impact that she has on defense and kind of creating some havoc. It's good to hear that Izzy, that, uh, that Becca's off the scooter, for mm-hmm. sure, because I know that Emre talked about her being a practice and how she'd helped the team and been a leader even though she wasn't on the floor. But she'd been on that scooter and she'd been in that boot, and that's some such a thing that's very long-term. So for her to be off the scooter is... is is good news. Yes, and uh, her three-point shooting was definitely turning the corner on the W side of things as well in her second season over here. So I think that's based on her ability, her ability to knock down those catch-and-shoot opportunities off of the drives and attention that Dana, Marina, Courtney, and uh, obviously Kai attract. I think it was a great little synergy within everything. Um, games tonight, Minnesota at Atlanta and then Connecticut at Phoenix is going to – now you're starting to think about playoff seeding. Mm-hmm. Uh, power rankings I saw, I think, on, on ESPN or WNBA had the sky in the eighth spot, and they're hanging on to that last spot in the playoffs right now for dear life. But this is the time where you make up some ground. And, I mean, you're really looking for Minnesota to try and keep trending up and maybe knock back Atlanta a bit. But it's a tough spot for a team to be in where the sky are, where they started off as well as they did and kind of surprised some people and then – I don't want to say came back to earth because when you have that many injuries, exactly, you just kind of get pulled back to the pack. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the big, the last thing of the night? Don't have the DraftKings pick of the week because I think it was something inane, like you know, over under on on Dewana Bonner threes, and it was like one and a half, and I was like, I'm I'm not I'm not bringing that <laughs> up. That's stupid. That's silly. <laughs> but if you have a key other than the Dana drives, other than really orienting themselves around that fourth quarter play. Emory's talking about the tweaks and the things behind the scenes that have been getting better. You've seen him at practice. What's the thing that he's been trying to, to harp on, that the team's been trying to get going, that if they get it right is the key to them not only getting back to a 500 or better record, but getting into a good spot in the playoffs and making noise? I think as far as their offensive process goes, um, and this is something that shout-out James K., um, he we were speaking about it, and then he asked um, Emory about their spacing a couple of games ago. Uh, they've had a little bit more of an emphasis on it, and I want to zoom in even past that. It's something that I've been speaking to, um, the usage of Marina Mabry. So for Sky fans that have been around for a while, obviously Allie Quigley, constant movement shooter. She was never not moving, never not running off a screen, never not cutting, never not setting screens on and off ball. The usage of Marina Mabry. Uh, under Emray, she's been screening a little bit more frequently. Um, I talked about it in my Spain pick and roll breakdown. Yep. 
Um, and she's been coming off more screens. I think the usage of her, whether she's one pass away, like I spoke, like I spoke about, and how she compromises defenses with that. It's based on the second side to where if they're in pick and roll and they have to get low help, if you help off of her, she's wide open in the corner. And she's able to play as a connector to someone else or knock down, obviously, catch and shoot opportunities for herself. Initiating offense, I think him figuring out how to optimize her over the course of a 40-minute game to consistently compromise defenses, coming off the screens, initiating, setting back screens, like all of that stuff is going to be important because it attracts attention. So imagine she's running off of staggered screens from the second side and it's Courtney Williams and Elizabeth Williams in pick and roll on the near side. That's based on that side. All the attention is going to be over there. Yeah. So now it's going to be Elizabeth and Courtney working potentially the best two two player game in the W outside of Brianna Stewart and um, Courtney Vandersloot. Um, that's a lot of space for those two to work with, and it's, they're optimizing that as much as they can. And Elizabeth finishing at the basket is going to be kind of like my last biggest thing. They're figuring out how to get her in these opportunities around the basket or in the dunker spot to get those soft touch finishes on the roll, finishing around the basket. If she can raise her efficiency, which she's been slowly trekking towards. Yep, it's been going up. Yes. And then in addition to that, with her scoring now more, that's attracting more attention. So now she's playmaking off the short roll. So you got low help coming in off of a pick and roll. They're collapsing on her. Now she's finding players in the corner, Kalia Copper on the cut, or uh, Courtney Williams in the opposite corner for a three, Marina Mabry, Dana Evans. These little pieces just kind of adding up between Marina and Elizabeth, between their usage and the effectiveness in it. I think it's going to be what really helps this team turn the corner. We're seeing Kalia Copper have a career-best three-point shooting season as a byproduct of some of that. Right. Now, if they can continue to evolve that process offensively, and as well as Dana Evans, like we mentioned, all of those little things adding up with consistently consistency and sustainability is going to be what really helps this team take, take it to the next, next heights. As well as getting pieces like Rebecca potentially and Izzy back. Yeah, that's your, you know, the trade deadline is, is I think, in the past. But that's your, like, late summer acquisitions, getting mm-hmm. those players off injury. Mm-hmm. Countdown to the playoffs, Law, man. Countdown to the playoffs is here. Got to get it. Yep. Need something in this time. Absolutely, yeah. Seriously, so, some of the summer, some of the summer base, some of the summer sports teams have to succeed. We can't be living <laughs> with with other. There's other jar. There's other trash out here. There's other dreck. Yeah, it ain't, can't it ain't the baseball team. So <laughs> might as well be the sky. And I think I think again, just having D Wade so consistently present is gonna really change a lot of the culture things that they're trying to reestablish, or really not even reestablish, just evolve with James Wade out of the picture. That's your culture guy right there. It's different with Emray. Right. I think it's going to be even more different with D Wade in the mix now. And I think it's just going to be a different type of accountability and a different type of want to and buy in. Obviously, he's not a coach, but just having him around, it's just going to be different. So, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that play out as well. It's going to be exciting. Countdown to the playoffs. Thank you once again, as always, for tuning into the CHGO Sky Show. He's Steven. I'm Chris. That's quick law on the draw behind yeah. the boards today. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Burroughs, thanks to everybody who tuned in. The CHGO Sports Golf Outing is coming up soon, so please sign up. The kickoff classic, Friday, August 25th. I will not be here. That will be my trip to Vegas that weekend. Uh, So y'all won't get to see my impeccable short game. (laughs) Damn. I'm dead serious. Y'all cannot touch me within 40 yards of the hole. You got that lob wedge game? 
I'll, I, I grew up with a little park next to me. I couldn't go to the driving range, so I had to work on that. I had that's what I had to work on. I watched once I once I saw Tiger in the NCAA championships Oof. and win the Masters in '97. It was over with. I was a golfer. I was a golfer yeah. in, in everything else. I can't golf, but I definitely get down on Top Golf though. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It'll be there one day. Until next time, folks. As always, use that code CHGO at DraftKings for twenty dollars off your first purchase, and hit us up online at CHGO underscore sports and at chgo underscore sky he's at stay true s.3 and i am at quandary kitten that's k-w-a-n-d-a-r-y kitten we'll see you next time